This episode of Manage Smarter is presented by Sales Fuel Coach, our adaptive sales coaching featuring five-minute quick coaching personalized to each sales rep. Learn more about Sales Fuel Coach at salesfuel.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. What's it like to be a woman climbing into the C-suite in the dog-eat-dog world of branding and advertising, as well as an A-list Hollywood talent agency? Well, our next guest can answer that. Boy, is she a firecracker. And tell us what she thinks is the number one thing all managers should be doing. It's the Manage Smarter Podcast, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Audrey Strong, the Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith, the President and CEO of SalesFuel. And I don't know the answer to either of those two questions, but I'm <laughs> extremely curious to find out. Jessica Hawthorne-Castro, the CEO and owner of Hawthorne Advertising, is with us. Hi, Jessica. Thanks for coming. Good, good morning. Thanks for having me here today. Well, um, Hawthorne is an award-winning technology-based advertising agency. It specializes in analytics and accountable brand campaigns for more than 30 years. Hawthorne has a legacy of ad industry leadership, uh, visionary in combining the art of right brain creativity with the science of hard left brain yeah. data analytics. Yeah, we like that. Yeah, we like uh, to geek out over here. <laughs> neuroscience. And get this, prior to joining Hawthorne Direct, Hawthorne Castro was a successful TV literary agent. William Morris, we've all heard of that, formerly Endeavor. And uh, if you haven't heard of it, it's one of Hollywood's top full-service talent agencies. Wow, Jessica, you aim super high. What an amazing uh, career you had. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, just kind of had my head down all these years and look up at one point and see where I've come. So talk about being um, a younger woman moving into the C-suite and uh, some of the things that you've experienced at William Morris and then at Hawthorne. Yeah, absolutely. So as a uh, talent agent, I was actually a television literary agent. I uh, did work my way up. I started in the mailroom and worked on several different agents' desks to get your training and your basis. And then I was promoted to a television literary agent and at that time represented writers, directors, and producers. Uh, it was a great, my clients were fantastic uh, you know, very, very smart people. And it was about the age uh, that you had shows like Entourage on the Air, Lost, Law and Order, things like that. So um, I represented clients across, you know, every different network and all those shows I just mentioned. And when I moved over to the advertising side, um, the advertising agency, so previously as an agent, I basically had experience representing talent and creative talent. And so then when I moved over to the ad agency world, I then actually started representing the client side, which ended up being more of these brands. So Fortune 500 companies and the entire uh, brand team of a client, and then helping to shepherd their campaigns from the beginning, from the strategic development of the campaign, the messaging, you know, taking it through uh, the media plan and airing, and then ultimately, you know, obviously the data analytics side to determine the ROI and the profitability of the campaign. And when I moved over to advertising, I actually really had no idea how much I would love it, but the it's it's a 
really fun, a vibrant field, also moves very, very fast, mm -hmm. and that fits my uh, speed very well. And you can see campaigns very quickly from beginning to end um, and to launch and be successful are things you need to change in the interim. And the, the speed of it, the speed at which you see results, the speed at which you can make changes, and while shepherding the client side the entire time and guiding them through that process was really a perfect match. I, I loved it on all sides. Let's talk about that change for a second. So what's been the biggest change that you've seen in, in the advertising and marketing world the last couple, couple of years? Uh, well, I mean, it, this is maybe all fields are moving at such a rapid pace, but definitely in the advertising field, it's, it's changing and morphing literally every day, not only from the number of channels that continue to emerge, right? Just on the um, the network, the connected TV side, the uh, uh, all sides, right? The digital side. So the number of channels that explode literally daily, uh, the way that people are taking in content um, on the subscription um, side, and you know all those things have elements of uh, advertising, whether people really kind of know it or not. So if you are on a pure subscription basis, you know, a la uh, Netflix or something, you know, there's always the, the revenue streams and the business side of it is always something that I'm um, very in tune with. And uh, because ultimately I'm in the business to, you know, for my clients to be profitable and then for, you know, the networks to be um, profitable as well. So, you know, the su subscription side of, um, of pure, uh, you know, digital or subscription companies. That's one way they obviously make money, and but they also have brand placements within shows. You know, like Starbucks so there are many and Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> Who knew? Craft services, big mistake. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it's changing on a data basis and, and a daily basis, and and really to keep up with that is uh, fun, but definitely a challenge as well to inspire and move your staff while running really fast, performing on current client campaigns, and pushing you know a company um, and all of your processes forward to uh, evolve, uh, not only be competitive, but you know kind of best in, in class in the field. So it's it's definitely a balance. Well, definitely, it sounds like, I mean, digital is definitely the big disruptor in the industry. So what do you think is going to be the biggest change you're going, we're going to see in the next two, three, four years to the industry? There will be continue to be many different uh, forms of ways to not only, you know, ingest content, but your brands and the personalized experience and anything from, you know, um, driverless vehicles and you will see many different ways and screens and, and um, uh, places where you can actually, a brand can um, show content or, or customize an experience or your car could take you, you know, to a, uh, to a, um, a very, you know, a, a specific store or location or whatever it might be, or just while you're driving, you know, you can have a, like displays all around you, you know, while you're driving. So there's going to be a lot happening um, on on that side. And then you will definitely see which of these platforms on the subscription basis are going to um, emerge to the top and, and maybe some models have to change a little bit to make sure that they're, you know, uh, uh, profitable. So They're talking now, I've I, I read in Miami, there's a struggle down there about they want to put these LED um, ad billboards out in the water off the beach. Right. Um, 
And right. people are like, I want to, but I want to look at the horizon. Do I want to look at a billboard? And I think it's actually going to happen. Or is it already happening? I, I don't know, but that's a little bit novel. Yeah, there, there are definitely, you know, um, pros and cons with anything like that. I mean, even in the uh, in renewable energy space, right? So people have an issue with the wind turbines, you know, disrupting the, the space, right? So it's it's a lot a lot of change and and you have to kind of roll with it and see what's going to work and test certain things and maybe a, a LED billboard would not work in the ocean, you yes. know, and not the best thing to see. Yeah. <laughs> so in in your movement out of William Morris and, and into Hawthorne, um, and as a female and, you know, 2019, um, do you feel like it's just opened up and when you walk into the, the, the boardroom, they, you're seen as the CEO, it's not you're seen as the female CEO, or are you still yeah. experiencing every now and then it sort of rears its head and what's your advice to young women who aspire to be you yeah that, that's a great question and i think truly everyone on some level experiences that whether you're um male or female but it could happen even more on the female side uh, for me personally what i kind of mentioned at the beginning i just i grew up in the midwest you know so hard work was just a part of my uh, dna and and that's really what has been the core of, of probably my success. So even as an agent, you know, I uh, worked hard, longer hours, read more scripts, you know, and that was just like my natural state in order to be informed and kind of move my way up the ladder there as quickly as possible. Um, when I moved into the advertising world, it was similar. It was just, you know, I kind of just come in and just start working very, very hard because I, I really enjoy work though too. And mm -hmm. I took over every single um, line of communication with all of our clients once I moved to the ad agency. And no one asked me to do that. I just kind of inserted myself. I saw there was a need and, you know, I, I, I approached it uh, politically uh, correct, but, you know, sometimes you also have to insist, you know, w when things need to be done for the betterment of um, the client or client service side, you know, you just have to move in there and uh, make the changes and uh, get people aligned, you know, to those changes. Um, but what's going to be best for the client and the, the company as a whole. Uh, so, you know, when I moved to the ad agency, working my way basically up from the bottom was a, uh, a important to, for, for me to do, not only see all sides of the business and, you know, all departments and how it run it was one and what things could be improved. But so you really had a 360 view and then once I continued to move my way up to the agency, at one point I went back to get my MBA part-time while I was working full-time. And that actually led to the uh, kind of natural transition for me to uh, both then be on the internal operations side of the company mm -hmm. and, the, um, and, the, and the client side. So I kind of split my time. And then to go back to your question, you know, in terms of uh, this view when I walk into a room. I mean, I think that I'm still to this day, I may always have that, right? I'm a, yeah. a female. I look uh, fairly young, even though I just have pretty good skin, you know, and, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, blonde and things like this. And, you know, I think there's definitely always a perception when anyone comes in the room, no matter what you look like. But I think that for me, it's typically when I uh, start speaking or open my mouth, you know, that that quickly goes aside and you kind of surprise everyone, you know. So I try not to think about that 
too much and just let the work really speak for itself. And for me, it was this knowing core operations, knowing how to perform, you know, knowing how to, um, to uh, you know, politically be able to push things forward that needed to be done, but while in a way where you're, you know, getting people aligned with it was definitely it was a natural strength, but you also have to just do it, you know, and uh, no one told me or gave me permission. It's just what I, you know, knew I, I, I had to do. So. Sounds taking initiative and working harder and smarter, all of those things. And so it, it, what I said at the top of the show, it seems to me like you, the number one thing in all of that learning curve that you had that you say is the number one thing everybody should do is invest in employees. Oh, yes, absolutely. I, I, it's in any business, but especially uh, our business in advertising. I mean, your your company is your uh, employee, you, you know, even we're, we're moving towards data and analytics and, and all these things and and uh, automation. But really, still, it's people behind all those programs that, that are doing that. So employees are the most important thing and culture is the most important thing uh, to any company. And I also personally, because I like to work hard, I like to enjoy what I'm uh, doing and have fun while I'm doing it and have fun with the, the people around me. So that's absolutely critical for me personally and was to the, the culture of the company that I really want people to work hard, really have the greater good of the company and the client in mind. That is the most important. You know, the p- people that um, are kind of out for their self, that doesn't always uh work you know in in our environment yeah and you can see that through that quite quickly so it's this you know people who have the greater good in mind um but then also like we like to have fun and so you know we are a certified great place to work and you know with all the different awards and and things that you know the company gets that i get you know that's actually that's the thing that's most important to me that i treasure the most is that we have a really balanced uh, culture and um, obviously good benefits, but good events and you know and and a good uh, honest uh, camaraderie and place to work you know so uh, absolutely critical. I like to say that that culture is what brings us together and what sets us apart. So what sets your <laughs> company apart from the others? What do you guys do uh, in your culture that you think is unique or different? I think that that it's uh, our culture and people that really thrive are those that are really self-starters and uh, really enjoy and take pride in their work. And and I am always, always uh, wanting to make changes or improvements, you know, in in all facets of whatever we do, whether it's some internal, internal operations, the way we approach a client or a problem, you know, everything always has room for improvement. I think one thing I learned early on, you know, from some of my uh, early bosses is that you will always um, come across uh, challenges, right? And in all all parts of your life or or work. And it's really not what those challenges are, but what your solutions are and, you know, and what you can do to overcome. So I do ask like that when we um, discuss an improvement that come to the table, you know, with what we can do to improve that and the plan. And yes, let's execute. And that's really exciting for me. And, and I, and I love that. And so I think that that is, you know, for us, that's this culture of like constantly, 
uh, you know, driven to to do like it better and and uh, how we can do things better and also for the world. We want to, you know, try to help uh, the world, you know, also uh, be a better place for everyone. What are some of the things that you do to prepare your staff for change or to get them to embrace uh, changes where otherwise, you know, maybe they, they may not? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, you know, uh, constant and you have the definitely um, different levels of engagement of, of those who are really interested and those who, you know, the importance of kind of family and getting home and you got to appreciate all of those different sides, what, what motivates people. Um, I, I have several different uh, training platforms, uh, which, you know, we have available to people that we have also scheduled training. Um, all the executives, we operate on a operational system called the um, Entrepreneur Operating System, which kind of builds in leadership development as part of it. Uh, I attend many uh, TED conferences, and sometimes I, I actually don't go in person, and I just um, uh, have them running, you know, TED Talks, you know, throughout the company for people to be able to pop into, uh, you know, in our monthly company meetings, we typically do like a uh, corporate social responsibility update for not only things that we're contributing to the community, both obviously financially, but we're giving our time or beach, you know, cleanups. We just did something with the Surfrider Foundation, um, but also, you know, we give updates of, of what's going on uh, in the world, right? Current states of uh, Im improvements in the world or um, things on singularity, uh, you know, the, the speed of technology, what's moving. So it's kind of constantly feeding people this information, but also trying not to be too, um, uh, not, not pushing it on, on people too, because everyone wants to uh, accept things at their own uh, pace. Well, and I've, I've said, having worked for agencies and on my own, agency life, if you don't like change, it's, it's probably not, not the right not job for you. you. Clients <laughs> coming and going, and we all know that. Um, give us, a, just to wrap things up, give us kind of what uh, Hawthorne is working on right now. It's HawthorneDirect.com, everybody, and Hawthorne has an E on it. Uh, yes, thank you. Um, that's exactly right. The speed of change and, and innovation is is key. You know, I, I'm I'm excited about the uh, the platforms that continue to emerge in, in all sides of 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 viewability and um and that while again is a challenge, but is something that's really exciting to see how we can uh, bring those opportunities to our clients while still growing their companies and making sure it's profitable for them. You know, bringing all of those data sources into our holistic, you know, media models uh, to show like the whole picture. So, you know, it's it's exciting. It's a lot of change, like you said, and um, and. And I, I'm really optimistic about where the world is going. I know it's a lot, but you just have to, you know, stay grounded, focus on the goal, you know, stay settled while kind of people are a uh, lot, lot going on around you and, and you will, you will get there and you'll do it together. Fantastic. Well, that if sounds you, good. you want to reach out to Jessica, your Twitter is Hawthorne Castro at Hawthorne Castro. She's also obviously on LinkedIn, Jessica Hawthorne Castro, but no hyphen, right? At least in the LinkedIn uh, link I'm looking at here. Everybody. That's, that's correct. Yeah. Yes. And HawthorneDirect.com. <laughs> Jessica, it's a privilege to meet you and I wish you and all the folks at the agency a, a fantastic uh, back half of the year. Great. Great to talk with you guys today, and thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening. 
If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.